0: You can have all the talent in the world, but without the hard work, you're never gonna. It's not. It's not gonna pay off at all. That's the biggest part. If you never give up, eventually you're gonna get there, right? Follow your dreams. Um, don't give up. And I think that really happiness is a choice. And waking up happy every day is number one. And if you can do that, then you've already made it. And if you keep working towards your goals, then it's just gonna get better and better.
1: Welcome everybody to the Jeff Mara podcast. Tonight, we have a really interesting guest, and her name is Jamie Beebe. She is a film and TV casting director with a wide variety of credits, including River Runs Red, Falsely Accused, and the highly anticipated series Paradise City. She's worked with major brands, celebrities, and directors such as Dannon, Oikos, Child Help, Betty White, Shaq. John Stamos, Billy Jane, and more. She has cast several music videos for bands like Buck Cherry and Breaking 27, as well as many voiceover spots for radio. And besides all this, she has a true crime podcast called Strictly Stalking. So Jamie, thank you so much for joining me. And how did you get into being a casting director?
0: Well, thank you for having me. Um, I kind of fell into it. I was working in production um like had a production for a small boutique company and um that was just one of my many job titles when i was there and so when i left there i knew that i really wanted to do casting because it was just kind of the best part of the job
1: mm-hmm. um so how does one train to become a casting director I'm obviously going to be a judge of talent so is that just something that's innately within you or how does that you know how does that happen
0: Um, You know, I think it's different for different people. Um, I never really worked under anybody. A lot of people start out, um, you know, as assistants or whatever, working for other companies or working for bigger companies. And um, since I already knew a lot of agents and managers from the other production jobs that i had i kind of just jumped right in and decided to do everything on my own so i guess for me it was a kind of just a learning process on my own rather than like learning through somebody else um but it's definitely a lot of trial and error um you know i think that as far as choosing an actor you know, it's, it's, there's so much that goes into it. Like it's not just based on talent. It's not just based on luck. There's a million things that have to go exactly right for that actor to be like the chosen actor for something. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's like a talent, but <laughs> I think I'm pretty good at it.
1: Well, I think that's great. Um, so I guess what you're saying is, is that you didn't work for anybody or or an actual casting agency. You just went out and started your own business and said, hey, I'm Jamie Beebe's casting agency.
0: and Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And that's a really hard way to do it because yeah. nobody wants to hire somebody that doesn't. know that's new um so when i first started out many years ago um i would go to the universities and the film schools and i would ask them if they needed a casting director Mm -hmm. because you know that way we were kind of both learning at the same time and even though i wasn't going to school Mm -hmm. uh i learned a lot from them and then as they graduated they kept hiring me Mm -hmm. so that was kind of how i I progressed through Mm -hmm. that and i did work in reality for a little while um, I still do some reality shows here and there it's fun but you know mostly scripted at this point
1: that's really interesting you said that you were started in production do you have like a, a degree in theater or do you have acting you know previous acting experience
0: no none um I was. It it was never really a plan of mine to get into the entertainment industry Um, in that way. I have um, a bachelor's degree in photography and a master's degree in music management. So I actually came out to L.A. to manage bands. And um, I learned really quick that I didn't want to do that. (laughs) I love bands. I love music. But like managing bands just like isn't really the thing for me. Um, And then I did like real estate for a while. I just kind of tried everything. And then I somehow fell into production. I knew somebody, and they were like, "Hey, I'm going to be a director. I want to start this company. You can you can manage the whole company." And I was like, "Cool! Like I've never been on set, so let me figure out how." Um, and Google is is my friend, and I learned, you know, a lot in a really short amount of time. And then, um, you know, part of that was because it was such a small company. I was doing so many different jobs, and you know, being head of production. I was telling people no a lot and I was, you know, telling people they couldn't get what they wanted or, you know, changing things. And so the best part was casting because I would, you know, it was great. I was like, hey, you got the job. Like it was, it was a lot more fun. It was a lot more like my personality, I think. So after that ended, I just stuck with it.
1: Oh, that's great. So, when you get your jobs, do you have to solicit directors or are you are you established at this point where people will call you and say, "Hey, we're doing a movie. Can you cast for us?"
0: Yeah, I mean, I work with a lot of the same producers and directors and companies over and over again, um, which I think, you know, says a lot. I think that's I think that's great that people want to continue working with me over and over. Um, so I don't um Go out and solicit jobs a lot. Um, once in a while, sure, but a lot of it's word of mouth. Or you know, somebody needs a casting director, and it's there's somebody else I've worked for in the team, uh, and and they'll be like, oh, I know one, you know, and they'll give me a call. So it's good. It's a lot easier, I think, to have it more word of mouth than than going out and trying to solicit jobs these days.
1: I would assume it's been pretty slow since COVID times, right?
0: Um, yes and no. You know, I'm I'm still working. Um it yes, it's slower. Um, but I'm still working, luckily. Um and since it's slower for scripted, reality shows are picking back up a little bit more because I think they're easier to shoot during COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you can kind of put them in a house together or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, I, I actually have been doing a little bit more reality shows since COVID. Waiting for film to restart, (laughs) but um, but yeah, and I'm working on my podcast, of course, as well.
1: That's great. Uh, How long have you been doing it?
0: Casting? Mm Hmm. Um. About ten, a little over ten years, probably now.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. So you are established. I mean, you're.
0: I hope so. You're a
1: bona fide casting director. Um, I hope so. What would you say is some of the biggest pressures that you have is it like making sure you don't choose the wrong actor or would you say dealing with actors or or what are the pressures of your job
0: Um well you know as far as choosing the actors um I'm more of like a middleman I mm-hmm. guess you know because I don't make the final decisions um although I do you know I bring them the talent that I think that they would want to see um you know and then we discuss and and make decisions kind of together depending on the project um the most pressure gosh i think sometimes the most pressure can just be you know getting to the right talent for the right rate like if i'm working on a film and it's a, a a lower budget film um you know and they want somebody that maybe they can't get for the rate that they have. Right. I have to step in and say, hey, you know, like you're—that's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But there's other talent that we can get that that is just as good, just a little bit different. Or mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a lot of managing expectations for mm-hmm. the talent versus the the directors, the producers.
1: Yeah, I'd love to be in on those conversations. Like they're asking for a Tom Cruise, and you can say, well, this guy's just as good.
0: <laughs> you know. right right i mean,
1: I mean obviously there's those won't be public but that would be pretty interesting <laughs> and we're not talking of course about tom cruise i just threw that out there um so do you ever feel that actors look at you as the enemy
0: no i don't think so
1: you know like i um, think
0: uh, i don't i think they like me
1: <laughs> oh great great i just thought i don't know the business again and i was just thought that sometimes you know it's like they have to get past you to get the job or you know maybe there's a lot of disgruntled actors that are like oh these casting directors they just never you know
0: um you know i've i've heard from a lot of actors that i'm more friendly than other casting directors mm-hmm. you know i love my job i wake up so happy every day um so there's no reason like i know that you, know, you hear these Hollywood stories about like this casting director was so mean in the room or whatever. Like that seems ridiculous mm-hmm. to me. Like I just, I'd rather just be nice to everybody. I want everybody to get the job. Like right. I want, I want everybody to walk in and be like, Oh, I scored this. Like I got this. Like obviously that can't happen, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, it'd be fantastic, if it, fantastic if it could. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, like I'm excited for everybody to walk in and, and get the job. So so yeah, I don't think I think everybody likes me. <laughs> well,
1: that's great. I was just curious like I said I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious about your profession. Do you um well, you mentioned earlier that besides look and besides talent, there are many other factors. Can you give give us some of the other factors that go through your decision making process?
0: Sure. I mean it's it's simple as you know, does the schedule fit? are they working on something else? Um, you know, Do they, does the actor want to work on a horror film when they've normally been doing Disney? You know, Mm -hmm. it's, there's so many factors that go in, Um, you know, and I work more with agents and managers than actually the actors. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of negotiating and talking behind the scenes with the agents and managers, Um, you know, and the agents and managers, it's also up to them, you know, do they, Feel that their actors are right the right fit for this project or is it not something that they want to do right now? Um, you know, it's how does how is the actor on set? A lot of times if I don't know an actor, I'll call around. I'll ask how they are, how they were on their last film or TV show just to make sure, you know, you, you don't want somebody that's going to go in and act crazy yeah. or, you know, be a liability. Yeah. Are they going to show up? Are they going to? You know, get their work done. It's it's important. There's just a lot um, that goes in. It's not just their talent. It's how they act. It's mm-hmm. you know how they portray themselves, their brand. You know, there's everything that goes into it.
1: Mm-hmm. When you doing an audition, is there some kind of average?
0: It is. Um, it's really different. A lot of times, we'll have a few people in mind for for a part. Um, you know, especially for a bigger film, we'll have some people in mind. Um, Sometimes we don't necessarily do auditions. It's more of a meet and greet or just an offer. If it's somebody that's, you know, if we know who they are and how they are, um, it could be an offer, um, for actors that we don't know. I try to audition the least amount of actors possible to make the correct decision. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not bringing everybody in, especially these days with self tapes. I Self tapes are great. I'll do self tapes for the majority of the process, and then once it's narrowed down, and we can't narrow it down between like two or three people or one or two people, um, that's when we'll schedule a meet and greet or an in person audition.
1: Oh, and a self tape is that like a uh, YouTube video or something, or what is that?
0: Yeah, we send them um, the sides what what we need them what we need to see, mm-hmm. and then kind of how we are right here. They usually have some kind of little setup and you know, they, or they stick their phone on a tripod or somebody else is filming them and helping them out. Mm. Um, and they just tape it for us. They tape their, their idea of the part for us and, mm. and read the lines and everything. Um, and then send it in.
1: Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. For some reason in my mind, I had it like, as if you may be sitting there in an audition and like a hundred people may roll through, you know, and you and I'm like, gosh, how do you, Decide out of a hundred people, you know, you narrow it down to five. So I was curious, what are the I things that I think that's that you a little more old school.
0: For? That's kind of how people used to do it before, mm-hmm. you know, there was so much technology. Mm-hmm. But with the technology that we have, you know, it's it's so much easier to get the self tapes because that way you know exactly. You know, you can if, if someone's just not gonna be right for the part, you can tell right away on a self tape. Right. That's or if cool. they are, if they just stand out between a sea of self tapes, then you know that, you know, they're going in a different pile.
1: Right. And that's leads me to right there. What makes somebody stand out like that? What is that that you see? Um,
0: it can be any number of things. Sometimes it's they did something totally out of the box. Um, sometimes they they read it exactly how we had envisioned it. Yeah. Um, sometimes they just, they have a more unique look than, you know, I'd expected or, you know, they read it pretty well, but, you know, you can tell that they put a lot into it. They dressed up for the part. They're really, you know, there's, it's kind of just a, like a feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, is it, are they believable when they're doing these lines? Are they off book? Are they, um, you know, do they look like the character? Do they look like they know what they're doing? you know believe when they're believable that's a big a big thing if I can mm-hmm. see it when I'm watching the tape like oh yeah this person could totally play this role like this is kind of how we all envisioned it and talked about it mm-hmm. then yeah
1: oh, cool I would assume it would be obvious like if you have a certain part like you know it's a cowboy role that guy should be in a you know in a cowboy hat and some boots and, uh, you know, um, dress it's the part nice when they if sit they can that do tape. that
0: <laughs> It's nice that they can do that. I yeah. think that it helps. Um, obvi- I don't know if everybody has a cowboy hat and boots at home. Right. Uh, but I, a lot of actors do kind of dress up for the part. Um, you know, it's not hard to borrow a cowboy hat from your roommate or sure. something or whatever. But um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of actors do that. And I think it's really great because it does add to it. It shows initiative.
1: Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it kind of ma- helps you see them in the part as well. Yeah, it does. Do you still work with headshots, or now that's kind of gone away, and it's all about the tapes?
0: Um, I personally don't like headshots. I'm, you know, environmentally friendly, mm-hmm. um, so for me, everything's online. I can pull it up in a heartbeat. I can pull it up on my phone for some. You know, it's it. Everything's online, so I personally don't see a need for headshots. I know mm-hmm. a lot of actors still have them. Mm-hmm. Um, for paper headshots. I mean, obviously you need headshots, but right. I think online is is just as good, but it's a personal mm-hmm. preference between everybody.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I didn't know how technology has changed everything, you know, since yeah. with with all the tapes. So while I've got you here, can you give all the actors out there some tips about how to do an audition or, to, you know, to, to stand out in an audition?
0: Um, sure. I think a lot of it is... Um, you know, your knowledge and your growth. Um, It's important to have a good reel. It's important to have a good agent and manager. And beyond all that, if you're just asking about the audition itself, um, you know, be confident, as long as you're confident, even if you mess up the lines or whatever, and you're on audition, if you're confident, and you can pull it off, then that's way more believable than just reading the right words that are on the page uh if you can kind of go off book and be like oh yeah you know if you're into it if you're in that moment as that actor then you're going to be a lot more believable and you're going to be a lot more confident and i think that's really the best advice i can give is to Mm. be confident even if you're like not feeling it i mean you're an actor act it, like act confident you know i think that's that's super important
1: all right you got any other things any other tips
0: any more tips? Yes. Um, I have lots of tips. We're gonna uh, get as much out of you
1: as we can. We gotta help these actors out there.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, again, it's it is important to get the, a good agent and manager. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard when you're just starting out to do that. Start with a manager. There's a million managers out there. Uh, ask around. Pick a you know pick a good manager and, and go after it be sure to ask your friends, make sure that it's somebody that you want to work with, meet with them, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and manager then will help you get an agent as well. That's a good, easy way to do it. Um, Good headshots are key. It's really good. Uh, It's important to make sure your headshots actually look like you. Uh, No filters, Mm -hmm. no crazy, you know, things that we do on Instagram. And up-to-date headshots are really important, too. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people go out and spend a ton of money on headshots, but you're going to need new ones in a few months. So there's really not a lot of reason for that. There's some great headshot photographers out there. I mean, you could probably do it on your iPhone if you really needed to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, taking classes is important. Um, Being creative. I know through COVID, a lot of people just started – putting their content out there. That's amazing. That's great. That's a Mm -hmm. wonderful way to get noticed if you're Mm not a, a big actor or whatever, and you're starting out. So that's a really good way to get noticed and get some practice in too.
1: Are you pulling any talent from YouTube, TikTok, Instagram that just, you know there's a lot of people out there that have tens of millions of followers. And now that they have this audience, is that world trying to pull in those people just to get more eyes on their picture or
0: television show? Um, You know, I've dealt with that with a couple smaller films with, you know, some really low budget films. It's something that we've tried before, like if we grab this Instagram person, are they going to bring in numbers? And it doesn't necessarily work like that. Mm -hmm. Um, As long as I don't see a problem with it, but I think that it needs to be an amazing actor no matter what. It is because if you just choose an Instagram influencer that can't act, then you just have a bad actor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's what it is. If you choose a great actor who maybe doesn't have, you know, millions of followers, you're going to have a great project. Right. So I think it's more important just to choose, you know, your actors based on their capabilities and, you know, their talent rather than their social media influence.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Let me check some questions here. I have one. Uh, Or have more than one. Um, Who is your favorite celebrity that you've worked with?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, Well, I don't know. That's so hard. That's so hard to say. Um, Mm -hmm. I can tell you some celebrities that I think are really amazing um, as people and as actors. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Valentine is. Mm -hmm. One of the my favorite people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a great actor. He was on uh, what's that TV show? He was on Crossing Jordan for a long time, and he's super cool. Um, Bella Thorne, I think, is an amazing actress. I love her. Um, gosh, who else? You know, Marilyn Manson is actually oh wow really awesome to work with. Oh, cool. uh, he's extremely extremely talented. Just. Mm. No doubt on that, super, super talented. Um I'm trying to think of who else I worked with on the top of my I head. Hope I didn't a million put you people. in a bad
1: spot because then you can't, you know, <laughs> hey, some, know. Some, some some actor's gonna say, why didn't you say my name?
0: Whoever I don't say. Um, there's so many, you know, really, really talented people out there. Um, mm. but yeah, like as far as like some of my favorites, there's there's a lot. <laughs> Everybody's
1: your favorite. Yes. <laughs> All right, let me t- let me catch another question here. Do you prefer choosing an actor with no lessons, no experience but natural, ver- you know, with a nod of natural talent or do you prefer having someone with a lot of experience and the talent obviously?
0: Um it really depends on on the role. Um you know, there's a lot of there's a lot that goes in to choosing an actor. And it also depends on what, you know, if it's a film and we, you know, need to make sure that we hit a certain amount of numbers here and there, then we would need someone with more experience. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean every role. Um, For me, I like actors to be experienced, but it doesn't mean they have to be like a well-known name, but be on set, no matter if you're, you know, learning Whatever, be on set, but also experience is, you know, getting training, going to classes, working with other actors to, to create something cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like experience can come in all different forms. I think if you've just like never really been on set, you don't have an agent or manager, like there's a lot that goes into being an actor. It's not easy. It's extremely, extremely difficult to be an actor. Um, I, I don't know how they do it. I think it's like the coolest thing ever. I could never do it. There's mm-hmm. so much talent. There's so much hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have all the talent in the world, but without the hard work, you're never going to, it's not, it's not going to pay off at all. I mean, the hard work is people work for years and years struggling to get to where they're at. Yeah. And so it's, it's, am- it's a lot of the hard work.
1: <laughs> and it's amazing to think about. I mean, there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of actors, but only like, I would assume the 1% get to even be in films you know not not to say that they're the star of the film but just you know whatever just to have a smaller part it's just i would assume it's so competitive is that true
0: it's extremely competitive um you know and it it's so hard i mean you get turned down over and over and over you go to you know 25 auditions and they all say no but that 26th mm-hmm. one maybe they'll say yes maybe right. that's your part you know it's they they're never ending these actors that i know are completely relentless and it's it's really cool like it's cool to see it's cool to talk to them um they're i I love actors i just think they're they're the coolest people like how like to to just this is what i want to do and then they work until they get it like that's Mm -hmm. a real actor
1: Mm, that's great it's great that they don't give up you know
0: yeah so that's the biggest part if you never give up eventually you're gonna get there right You never know what's going to happen. And there's different realms of making it. You know, if you if you are a working actor, if you can pay your bills through acting, you made it like that's Mm -hmm. huge because most can't, you know, Um, everyone's not going to be Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise or whoever like that's not going to happen. Not everyone's going to be a household name. But if you don't give up, who knows? Um, But I mean, I think you've made it if you if you can make a living off of acting it, you know, like that's huge. That's really big. Um, yeah, and sometimes people get somewhere kind of randomly, you know, it's that's what happens, you know, it's you never know. <laughs> it's it's like the,
1: the luck of life.
0: It is, yeah.
1: Um, so we got some tips out of you. Let's do it the opposite way. What are things uh-huh. that you should not do on an edition?
0: Oh my god, so many things. Um <laughs>
1: oh, oh, there. See, then we got some I'm good scared. stuff now.
0: Oh, um, there. Let's see. What should you not do? Uh, don't act all weird. Don't have a weird vibe. Be normal. Don't say anything weird mm-hmm. Um, when you're in the room. I mean, there's there's been times when an, an actor will come in and and they'll say something completely inappropriate to me. I'm like, wait, what? Like, mm-hmm. You can't say that to the casting director. Um wow. no matter what you think. Uh you know, be nice to everybody. Um and then beyond that, you know, you want to be somebody that people want to work with. You mm-hmm. don't like like being on set, being on a film is a family. Mm-hmm. Uh everybody, you know, you're on that film day in and day out you get so close to these people so you don't want to be the person that nobody wants to hang out with like if everyone's like oh that person's so so cool then yeah like that's going to help you get more more roles you're going to be on more sets because Mm -hmm. people want to work with you the producers want to work with you the the crew wants to work with you the other talent wants to work with you so it's important to to actually be yourself and be cool and be nice to everybody not You know, not just the top people or whatever. You know, be nice to the PAs. Be nice to everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's going to get you a lot further in the long run.
1: All right. As I was researching for our topic tonight, some of the things I saw was like, don't go in there and shake their hands because they don't want to shake, you know, everybody's hands. I don't know if that's Um, true
0: or not. Well, I mean, in these times, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, normally I think people – How I run a room, I like to be in charge. Uh, you know, when I'm running casting session, I like to be in charge. I I tell them exactly what I need. You know, I come in, stand here, do this, do that. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot of time for them to to mess up. Like I don't want anyone to mess up. I don't want anyone to, you know, say weird things or do weird things. So Mm -hmm. I try to keep it a tight, a tight ship when I'm in there, but I also try to you know, keep it light, and you know, not, like, not mess them up, or you know, right. say or do anything that would, um, you know, take them out of the moment. Right. I don't
1: obviously know, but if we kind of go through a mock one, someone first comes in and they've kind of got to stand there on a line and they like say their name and their height and weight or something like that. Is that how it kind of starts?
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, everything's a little bit different, but usually they come in. Um. You know, we say hi. Um. They stand where, you know, in front where we need them to stand. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, their name, sometimes they bring in a headshot. I don't ask for those anymore because I have it all online. So there's no reason for that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we talk about their representation, who their agent manager is. It's Mm -hmm. usually somebody that I know. So that's great. Um, We discuss that for a second and then ask them if they need a moment or if they're ready and uh, turn the cameras on and have them, you know, read their read their sides and see what happens. Sometimes I need it done a little bit differently. Um, mm. I'll ask them to change it up, do it differently, or I'll see if they have another way that they wanted to do it, if they don't hit it um, completely right the first time. Or even if they do hit it great, maybe they've got a better idea than I had in mind. So mm. if they have another way to do it or read it, then let's try that. Um, that's about it. I thank them. I make sure uh, you know that I have – all their info that I need, their agent manager info, and tell them that, you know, hopefully we'll be in touch. Right. But it's a quick process. That's
1: quick. Do they already have the lines before they get there so they can have them memorized? You've already, you know, like emailed that to them?
0: Yeah, usually um, we'll send the sides to their agent or manager ahead of time uh, so that they can be prepared. Sometimes, you know, I've been in the room sometimes where I'll pull out a different uh, set of sides would be a different character because once they're in there um maybe once i see them in person i'm like oh actually like this character would be better can you just read this really quick so sometimes mm-hmm. we will change it up on them or have them read another scene from something but yeah
1: how long are the scenes that they usually read
0: um it depends uh sometimes a couple pages i mean but a couple pages on a script is is not that much you know yeah. um it's in a, and you're in a conversation with somebody usually i don't i don't like to do monologues as much right but um you know it's a it's a conversation that you're having going on so even if you don't remember the exact words if you can be present in that moment then you're going to be able to basically get the lines and that's usually pretty good enough but yeah a couple pages
1: hmm. okay that's very interesting all right so let's segue into this you do all this Casting, directing, and how do you find time for your podcast? <laughs>
0: um, my podcast kind of started randomly. Uh, I I knew that I wanted to to do one. Um, I love true crime. I think that true crime is really interesting. So my business partner, we have a production company. Um, you know, as we start to expand what we're doing, my business partner is a producer, and so. I was like, hey, let's start with a podcast. Like, let's try this out because I really want to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I called him and I was like, everyone's doing all the cool murder podcasts. Like, I'm not Mm -hmm. really sure what to do. And he's like, well, let's try stalking. You know, no one's doing that. And I was like, well, I don't even know anything about stalking. Which then I was like, oh, I don't know anything about stalking. That means probably other people don't either. And it's crazy because so many people are stalked. And they don't know what to do when they're stalked. Like, you can't really – it's not a 911 call because no one is you know, no one's stabbing you until they are or whatever it might be. Right. Um, but there are resources out there, which, you know, we've learned. And we've done, I think, 35 weeks now. Uh, oh. We put out an episode a week. We talk to survivors of stalkers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we hear their story. We just kind of let them tell it in their words. We don't say much (laughs) about it Mm -hmm. because it's not our story. Um, But we learn a lot. And then we do talk a lot about what you can do if you're in that kind of situation.
1: Through all these podcasts you have, do you find that most of the people who are stalked already know the people or are they someone that they've never met?
0: Um, There are a lot of people that, you know, dated somebody or went on a couple dates with somebody or even was married to somebody that then stalked them. Although, you know, sometimes it's a random stranger. You know, we it could be somebody that you've never seen before. It could be somebody you randomly met at a grocery store that starts stalking you. It it could be somebody that you might have met and you don't really remember them, but they're stalking you. I mean, it can literally be anybody.
1: Wow. Have you of has any of your guests, you know, ever been people that have been physically harmed?
0: Yeah, I mean, there that happens, you know, they say that stalking is like slow murder because a lot of times that is what the end result is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um fortunately, you know, a lot of people that we talk to have gotten out of those situations. Um, but yeah. I mean, sometimes people have been seriously injured by their stalker or, um, you know, I, I talked to Tara Newell, who, you know, the TV show Dirty John was about. She was the daughter. She stabbed and killed her stalker hmm. um because he was trying to kill her. Right. So there each story is so different. Um, and there's so much that goes into what happens to them but not just the physical the the mental anguish of being stalked is horrific it's like i mean the ptsd from it um you know, living in fear every day of your life it's mm-hmm. crazy
1: mm-hmm. yeah i could see that i mean i knew somebody that was stalked before and i believe it was an ex-boyfriend and i just sometimes i felt kind of like i may sound terrible but i'm sometimes you know especially with someone with an ex it's like are you like inviting this person in or what's going on? It seemed really kind of strange for me. And I was just, I was just,
0: you know. Well, I mean, and I think a lot of people do wonder that, um, you know, like what, why are they still hanging around? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it's a mental issue with the stalker that they can't let go yeah. or they, they feel the need that, you know, they have to control this person. Um, so yeah, it's, we, you know, it's usually, has nothing to do with the victim at all. Even right. if it was somebody that they dated or even married, you should be able to tell somebody that you don't want their attention anymore and they should leave you alone. Right.
1: Obviously, everybody that you're going to speak with is a victim, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wonder if conversely, any of these victims actually like the attention, you know, kind of draw in the stalker. Do you have you ever, do you have not that we've come that? across? Yeah. I'm no. Just gonna assume none. I, I would assume that's who wouldn't be your guess.
0: No. And none, I don't know if that's true them. or not.
1: I don't know if that's true <laughs> or not myself. I was just kind of curious about it. So you've done 35 so far, right? Yeah. How often do you do your podcast? Is it weekly? Once or- a week. Once, once a week. week. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's been almost a year now.
0: Yeah. We're excited to, to to get like a whole year's worth, you know, get to 52.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. I did a little stalking of you myself. I went and checked Uh-oh. out your your Instagram. And so can you tell us what's going on on there?
0: uh you know I I just live my life I Mm -hmm. put it on Instagram um Mm -hmm. you know like I said I'm I'm really happy person um Mm -hmm. I live a great life like I'm really happy um like I said that twice uh you know I hang out with my friends a lot um I go out when I can Mm -hmm. I go to the beach all the time I mean I think that you know, my whole thing is if I'm not doing what I want to do, then I'm not going to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've wasted time before, like being in bad relationships or Mm -hmm. whatever, where, you know, it's very controlling or manipulative or, you know, things like that. Um, And, you know, one day I just woke up and I was like, I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm only gonna be happy. And I think happiness is a big, decision that you can make. And it's actually quite simple. So that's what I did. And I think that my Instagram reflects that.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, you're, you're actually a beautiful woman and you have a lot of fantastic pictures on Instagram. Thank and I was, on, I was like, wow, she, are you doing modeling too?
0: No, no. They're no. Just, you're just very
1: <laughs> photogenic. And it looks like you also put, I think maybe links to your podcast on your Instagram as well. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. great. If somebody wants to find out about it, how do they find your podcast?
0: Um, you can find my podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, it's called Strictly Stalking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Apple, Spotify, Castbox, everything. Um, you can go to my Instagram is Feathergirl seventy seven, and mm-hmm. the links are all in the bio. You can. There's a YouTube for a podcast. Everything. Oh great! Um, and our podcast Instagram is uh, Strictly Stalking Pod. Mm-hmm. So every you can find everything there too. Do you have Pretty, a web
1: do you have a website for it as well?
0: For the podcast? Mm-hmm. No, not yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. No, but we are know. on YouTube, so it's just um YouTube slash strictly stalking. Yeah.
1: I don't even know if it would really be necessary to have a, a website for a podcast anyways, unless you want to well, put your we, show notes <laughs> or something.
0: <laughs> We're on Patreon now. Mm-hmm. Um and what we've decided to do with our Patreon is post um the information from each of our episodes. So like if we have access to the victim's restraining order, um, you know, obviously no sensitive information, but we'll, you know, we're going to start posting like the restraining orders, photos, uh, news clippings, news articles, um, all those kinds of things. Because I think that's really important to really get eyes on that so people can see what these survivors have gone through, like how many restraining orders they had to get in order to put their stalker in prison, or maybe their stalker's not in prison, mm-hmm. you know, or photos of things that their stalkers uh, sent to them or text messages that they received from their stalkers. So we're going to start putting all that on our Patreon. So I mm-hmm. guess Patreon's kind of like a, a website.
1: Have you come across in many of your podcasts that you've actually had someone currently being stalked and you've helped ha- stop that?
0: Um. Well, I'm, you know, we're not private investigators. We're mm-hmm. not law enforcement, but I think that we are uh, giving a lot of resources. We're, we're helping with a lot of resources. A lot of people come to us like, Hey, what should I do about this? Um, you know, and we'll give them a list of resources that can help because we're not there yet. Although, you know, we'd love to change some of the laws to make it easier for people. And I think that's really where we're going to do our most work is in hopefully changing the laws and, and you know getting more easier justice for for the victims of stalking
1: yeah this was just thinking kind of like that would be amazing if you had someone come on and i'm getting stalked by this guy or whatever and and he won't leave me alone and just somehow being on the podcast and you guys publicly talking about this guy is kind of publicly shaming the person that maybe he'll finally wise up and you know move on
0: well stalkers don't really see it like that um which is why sometimes our guests Uh, remain anonymous uh, Mm. because they are it's for their safety Mm. a stalker is going to see a guest coming on and talking them talking about them as if they just won the lottery that means the person of their obsession is has acknowledged them publicly is talking about them i mean it can be very very dangerous um to come on and and talk about their stalker in that kind of way so we actually we never mention the stalker by name uh, for any of the episodes except for like a couple of the super famous ones where we the stalker is dead or something like that um, or it's it's a very well known thing in the news uh, but you know we don't want to give any validation to the stalker because mm. that's that's what they're looking for mm. um, so yeah I don't think a stalker would stop if if we tried to you know name them or like publicly shame them because that's mm. what they want oh, it's not so public shaming to them
1: it's really interesting to find out <laughs> What percentage of the people that you have are men stalked by women?
0: You know, it happens more than you think. Uh, we don't get a lot of men coming forward that want to talk about it. Um, we had a great episode. This guy Keith, he's you know kind of a famous or DJ, um, famous. Or I don't think it's a word. He's like a famous DJ. Um, you know, he plays in the club scenes, and he had a female stalker. I mean what he had to go through was terrible, especially because he is a man. People were like, oh, what would you do to her? Like, why is she stalking you? But he didn't do anything. He didn't even really know her. She mm-hmm. just was so obsessed with him. I mean, at one point she sent him a like a chainsaw in the mail. Like, wow. it, it, you know, things things got crazy. And he really had to work hard to get help for that because nobody you know, the I think I think cops are great, you know. I just think that they're not trained in stalking. They're trained to show up when a crime has been committed. They right. clean up the crime scene, let not clean up. Sorry, either. they come in and, and they, they go over the crime scene. Right. If you don't have a crime scene and you only have a, a victim and you don't maybe even know who the perpetrator is, what are the cops going to do? So it makes sense that they don't know what to do at this point. And I know, you know, there's a lot more training happening um now with the cops because it just it's a little bit of a different mindset because it's just not what they're what they're trained to do. They're trained to come in after the crime has been committed, after someone's been stabbed or shot or run over or whatever it is, not somebody threatening to do it.
1: Right. I and mean, we used to say like it seems like a lot of times they're ended up training to come in and write a report after everything's done, you know? Yeah. Uh, let me catch another question here. What is the best way, if you know, to legally defend yourself from a stalker? You know, in Texas here, it's um, a gun state. So, you know, it's uh, people. Yeah, open, it it's, really it's, depends it's on where you're at. Yeah.
0: You know, it depends on where you're at. Um, but I will tell you a story again about the guy that was stalked by the girl. The problem he had was she could have come up to him on a, on a, in a public street. And tried to attack him, but what's it going to look like for people around if he tries to defend himself? Right. It's going to, he's going to, you know, people are going to be like, why are you hurting? that?" Or whatever. Um. So it's very one sided. So what his um, PI or whoever he had that he was working with, they told him to try and, you know, carry mace. And that's the best way to do it. Mace and then run because. If you're caught macing, even if you're just caught macing some girl in the street as a guy or really as anybody, you know, people are going to jump in and be like, what's going on? And it's not really how you want people to jump in because then you could look like the perpetrator rather than just defending yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, look and and see what your state says, Uh, you know, like, like you said, Texas, you get a gun and, you know, it's different if someone's actually on your property versus if it's in public, things like that.
1: What about for a female? If the female's being stalked.
0: I mean, I think it's a great idea to always, you know, take self-defense, um, you know, be, be prepared with whatever you're comfortable with. You know, I, I have friends that have guns and that's great. Um, and they're trained, well-trained. They will shoot someone if the, if that happens, you know, if they need to, uh, I don't have a gun, so -hmm. I I don't think I can shoot anyone. Mm -hmm. um. But I, you know, it's good to, the best defense is kind of offense too. Be be prepared, be aware, um, you know, make sure if you're scared, have cameras on your house. Um, you know, I've, I have security cameras everywhere. I have two giant dogs, um, you know, a little bit like a fortress because <laughs> because of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, I think that, you know, self-defense is a, a great thing, you know, just learn and and be prepared and be aware. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, have you yourself been stalked and if not do you just have all this preparation after hearing all these women's stories that you kind of got freaked out and said man i need to <laughs> i need to get some protection
0: i have not been stalked um i've always tried to you know be aware and, and be able to defend myself um uh, as far as like keeping my house like a fortress mm-hmm. a little bit it's to do with the podcast and a little bit just because i've dated a lot of idiots. <laughs> you know. Um but yeah. That's about it.
1: No, that's okay. I think I got another one here. Do you think that the stalkers have a certain percentage of mental disorder? I mean, I would I think you kind of already said that, but you know, I would assume yeah. just by definition if you're a stalker, you ha- you have a mental disorder.
0: Um yeah, I mean a lot of stalkers have schizophrenia. That's mm-hmm. a a big thing. Um you know, even just having that, you know, Severe obsession it's a problem <laughs> so yeah I mean it's it's a different forms of mental disorders can bring different things out um but there are a lot of schizophrenics that that stock
1: what is the best advice you would give to someone thinking about getting into the commercial voiceover business is and to follow up with that is an agent necessary
0: um well, I don't work a lot with voiceover but I, yeah, an agent, a and, and manager, a manager and agent are always good to have. Um, I would say start with a manager because they'll help you get an agent. Um, I know there's companies out there that work f- with voiceover, like connecting voiceover with, uh, you know, commercials or whatever they need. Um, what was the other part of the question?
1: He said, you know, is an agent necessary? And I'm kind of like wondering, you know, you mentioned to have a manager and an agent. You know, one mm-hmm. thing that kind of sucks is you have two guys with their hand in the pile, right? But um,
0: no, how not would you really, be- because how- without your and without a manager or agent, like I, I don't work necessarily with actors. I right. work with managers and agents. Right. So an actor can be like, "Oh, can I be on this or that?" Well, yeah, sure. Just have your agent send me your stuff. Like right. I don't. It's really difficult to to you know do that without them so they mm. and they work hard mm. managers and agents work really hard for their um for their their talent i mean without a manager and agent they're the ones getting you their job so yeah mm. they do take a percentage but it's 100 percent worth it
1: okay when you're saying manager agent are you saying manager slash agent or are you saying a manager no. manager
0: there's managers and then there's agents
1: there's not one that can be both
0: right Okay. Okay. They're two different jobs. I mean, I would say, you know, go with a manager first Mm -hmm. because a manager is like more one-on-one, you know, they're going to, they're going to sit down and talk to you and they're going to help you out and, you know, tell you what you should be doing. They're going to, you know, Oh, these classes are better for you. Um, you know, they're going to, they're going to more give you advice Mm -hmm. and they will help you get, They'll help you along the way with, you know, getting the right roles and things. But an agent then comes and really works more on the job side of things. They're not your day to day. They're out there working day to day for you, Mm -hmm. but it's more like the long, the long haul with the agent. Well, they're both for the long haul, but you know, the manager is like your day to day and, and they'll help you with all that kind of stuff. So I think having a manager is super important.
1: Okay. If you are new to Hollywood, let's just say, hey, I'm you know I'm from uh, wherever, I'm from Texas, <laughs> and I just got my theater degree, and I'm gonna go out to LA and you know try to make it. Do you just like Google agents and managers, and or you know, and you probably want to find a manager first?
0: Um, I think your first thing is to get a job, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, then um, <laughs> and then you know you're gonna want to take classes and. You're never going to really want to stop taking classes. But once you go and you start taking these classes, there's so many classes, so many. Um, then you're going to meet other actors. You're going to meet, you know, your teachers and coaches, and they're going to be the best people to give you that advice mm-hmm. to tell you, like, what managers are, are looking for somebody or because the best way to get a manager is through referral. So, um, you know, if, if your friend that you just met and they're like, oh, my manager totally needs somebody that looks like you or whatever it might be. Right. Um, yeah, my manager's looking for new people to take on. Then that's going to get you in the door. Um, cold calling, showing up, emailing, maybe one in a million, but it's harder. It's mm. much harder. Mm.
1: Okay, that's interesting. Um, do you find that like agents and managers work together? Like if you hook up with this manager, then he usually has an agent mm-hmm. and he'll say, you know, go see Steve over here. He's the agent I like to work with.
0: Ninety nine percent of the time. That's a lot of a lot of times if you start with a manager, they'll help you get to your agent.
1: Oh, okay. That's great.
0: They'll so, hook you up with like, you know, if, if your goal is to be at CAA, mm-hmm. um, I guarantee your manager knows someone knows someone at CAA and when they think that you're ready to go be over there or whatever it might whatever company might be, then they'll set that meeting up for you.
1: Okay. Let me catch another question here. What do you think are the acting classes that are the biggest waste of time?
0: uh i i don't think any of them are a waste of time Mm -hmm. i think that that you should be able to learn something in whatever you do if you're not learning something then it's a waste of time if you're unhappy doing it then it's a waste of time Mm -hmm. um otherwise it's just even if it's just practice it's Mm -hmm. it's a good class it's not a waste of time Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that sounds sensible yeah All right. Here's another question. What do you think about voiceover platforms like voice123.com? Do you know anything about that website?
0: I don't know what that is.
1: Okay. You don't know what that is. Okay. Let's see (laughs) what else. How would someone aspiring to up their game in voiceover world contact a manager, especially if they don't reside in the market? Let's say if someone's like a, you know, a radio DJ in Boston, you know, and he wants to do voiceover work. Would he just Google for somebody in LA or New York? I mean, or?
0: well, you're going to want for, for voiceover, you're going to want a voiceover manager from mm-hmm. a voiceover company. Cause you know, voiceovers and acting, they can intertwine, but mm-hmm. if you're looking just to do voiceover work, um, then you're going to want to go through one of the voiceover companies. Um, and you know, I would say make a, make a demo reel and send it to them, mm-hmm. you know, keep trying. Uh, don't give up.
1: When you're saying, and I guess you can just Google these voiceover companies. Yeah, I would. Yeah. And let me actually, let me kind of clarify even for me, and maybe some of the listeners may have the same kind of thought process I have is when we say voiceover, are we just saying like voiceover, like in an animated cartoon or what are the different things that voiceover actors are doing?
0: Um, there's a lot, you know, it could be commercials, it could be like you said, animation. Um, we, you know, there's ADR, um, like with film, it's uh,
1: what's I ADR? I
0: forget what it stands, for. Oh. What it stands uh-huh. for, but it's basically in film. Like, if you hear people in the background talking, there's they, they do a lot of that in post where they have people talking. Mm-hmm. Through the microphone, or or fixing the sound a little bit. Sometimes the sound needs to be fixed. There's a lot of reasons for it.
1: Oh, okay. It's kind of more on the technical aspect, then. Kinda. Kinda. Oh, that's interesting. I guess. Do you ever do any? Um, I mean, besides film, like radio voiceover stuff, or is it all basically just? I
0: don't of- really work with voiceover. Um, I just, you know, film and TV, and sometimes reality, mm-hmm. um, web series, music videos, commercials. Like more of the the acting instead of voiceover.
1: Okay. Do you actually, when you're casting, do you cast the actors that just have like one line or have no lines? But let's say if there's a a gang of guys and they need like one extra dude in the gang and and, (laughs) do you cast for that Um, as well? Or or how does that go down?
0: I've I've done extra casting um, more so when I first started working. Um, I don't do, I don't really do extra casting more. If I'm hired to, um cast the film, I'm mostly doing the main roles. Uh, you know, the the bigger not not sometimes some of the day player roles, but never like the non-speaking extra roles.
1: Okay. So like if you're working on a film, they may hire you for the main actors and they'll hire another Yeah. They'll
0: they'll usually hire me for all the principals, um, which are kind of like the main actors that you would see. Um and then once in a while uh we'll do a couple of the day players depending on how how, you know co-stars whatever it is um but not not like the really small roles usually
1: yeah okay yeah because it's like what comes to my mind is let's say if you're watching like star trek or something and you know there's always a some dudes has a job somewhere on the ship and he just walks by in the scene you know, <laughs> it, i mean it's probably really they could probably just get the lighting guy hey put on the uniform and just walk by or something um, well, usually they'll usually they'll
0: smell. hire um, they'll use a, an extra company that sends in a group of people that you know they they need fifteen people that look like this or whatever, and they'll just mm-hmm. send them in, and those are like the background the extras.
1: Oh, okay, it's cool. Can you make a living off being an extra?
0: Um, yeah, yeah, people do it. Um, you know, especially if you're SAG, if you're union, I I think it probably pays pretty decent if you're working all the time, if you're cool on set. Um, then I I don't see why you couldn't make a living doing that if that's what you wanted to do.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not you know I'm sure everybody's not that's not their goal, but you never I mean, know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> All right, let me catch some more questions here. Um, what do you think about reality shows? You like them or not like them?
0: Um, I love watching reality shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I started out. Um, I I've cast a ton of reality shows, mm-hmm. tons and tons and tons. Um, it was really fun for a lot. It, it is really fun. It's a fun uh, thing to do. You know, it's, it's more like a treasure hunt. You yeah. have to find this little needle in the stay, in the haystack. Like, yeah. Oh, I need this type of person that does this, that wants to do this, that knows this, you know, there's so much that goes into it. Um, it's actually, you know, reality show casting is, is very difficult. Um, It's yeah. a lot of work, yeah. but it's fun. Um, You know, I still, once in a while, I work always pretty much for the same company. I work for, for, a uh, Metal Flowers Media, um, they do like Naked and Afraid. They do mm-hmm. some of the really, really yeah, fun a good shows. Show. So um, nowadays, I like I say, I don't really do reality shows anymore. But once a off, that company calls. You know, I've, I'll work with them. They're just such great people to work with. So um, yeah, Will reality be, shows are cool.
1: Do you actually cast like you know, like families, like the Duck Dynasty family, or you know, Kardashians, or Honey Boo Boo, or something like that? Or
0: is that yeah, kind of I mean. A- those are those are more docu series, um, you know, when it's like the same people like that. Um, and I've I've worked on lots of docu series before as well. Um, so it just it just depends on what the company is looking for, what the network is looking for, uh, and I just try and find it. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: I don't know. You probably won't answer this, but who uh. is your most famous? Who is a famous client that was a that was a pain to work with? <laughs>
0: I definitely won't answer that. Yeah, I didn't um, think would. <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, I didn't think that was gonna go down. All right, so before we wrap it up here, can you give any message to the audience? You know, either if you want to give a nice message about stalking, or a nice message about how to be an actor, or both. But you know, a nice message you want,
0: about you know, stalking. I mean,
1: you know, how to pretend um, anything. You want to give a message to our audience before you go.
0: Um. Yeah, I think it's just really important to follow your dreams. Um, Don't give up. And I think that really happiness is a choice, and waking up happy every day is number one. And if you can do that, then you've already made it. And if you keep working towards your goals, then it's just going to get better and better.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I love that. I think that's great. All right, Jamie. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time this evening. I really appreciate it. I wish you massive success with your podcast. And with your casting. I mean, I hope you become the biggest casting director in L.A. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yes. Well, have a great evening.
0: You too. Thanks. Uh Bye-bye. Bye-bye.